Welcome back, or for the first time, I'm Orrin Moore, and this is Two Poems Read and Heard. The theme today is air. May this move you in a good way and bring you that whoa, wow feel of wonder. And if it does, please spread the word to others whom you think would enjoy the podcast celebration of poetry's power. Our first poem today is titled Breathing, and it was written by Mark O'Brien, who lived from 1949 to 1999. This man has an incredible story of perseverance coupled with talent. He was an American journalist, poet, and advocate for the disabled. The polio he contracted in 1955 led him to live the rest of his life in an iron lung so as to help him breathe. Look him up. They got movies about him. This poem comes from his 1997 collection, The Man in the Iron Lung. Breathing. Grasping for straws is easier. You can see the straws. This most excellent canopy, the air, look you, presses down upon me at 15 pounds per square inch. A dense, heavy, blue glowing ocean supporting the weight of condors that swim its churning currents. All I get is a thin stream of it, a finger's whip of the rope that ties me to life as I labor like a stevedore to keep the connection. Water wouldn't be so circumspect. Water would crash in like a drunken sailor, but air is prissy and genteel, teasing me with its nearness and pervading immensity. The vast, circumambient atmosphere allows me but 90 cubic centimeters of its billions of gallons and miles of sky. I inhale it anyway, knowing that it will hurt in the wary ends of my crumpled paper bag lungs. Imagine for a couple seconds, if you would, what it might be like to be unable to breathe without much effort and much help. Every breath a struggle, coloring near every moment. That's where this poem takes me, leaving me in deep gratitude. A gratitude I frankly cannot fully grasp as I sit here in a mostly pain-free body. Along these same lines, the poem also struck me hard as to the vicissitudes and unfairness between human lives. I mean, damn. I do breathing exercises known as Wim Hof breathing, no big deal. In short, it involves breathing deep and heavy a couple minutes, and then holding your breath for a couple minutes, and then repeating the cycle a couple times. It produces distinct sensations within me and altered mood. It strikes me that it's like the opposite situation of that of O'Brien, who must struggle to breathe at all. So when I read the just recited O'Brien poem, it made me all the more grateful to take a full and powerful deep breath. But this is not two gratitudes read and heard. This is two poems read and heard. So let's get into how this poem made it on the pod because it's a can't-miss masterful poem. That's how we do here. O'Brien eschews any hard rhymes or regular meter, but he links sounds and syllables, ending many lines at the natural pause of the breath with S, Y, and R sounds, bringing on a whole poem that produces a smooth, flowing vibe that feels of air breezing softly through an open window. Many good poems and poets use the title as the opening of the poem, referencing it or continuing a phrase that the title started. Here O'Brien tells us that grasping for straws is easier for him than breathing. Breathing. The thing you and I are doing right now. And if you're not, you better start again soon. Breathing. 
breathing air of mostly nitrogen, while we are mostly concerned with this oxygen. Like the comfort of your bed that you forget to appreciate until you've made some questionable decisions that find you sleeping on Jake's hardwood floor without any blankets or pillows. Hashtag my early 20s. The air around us is often taken for granted as it pushes on us at 15 pounds per square inch, always allowing us to keep on living so long as we keep on breathing. But the poet's struggle to breathe has led him to think much about the invisible air all about. He's got some fun personification in this poem as he borders on talking trash to the air. Quote, Water wouldn't be so circumspect. Water would crash in like a drunken sailor. But air is prissy and genteel, teasing me with its nearness and pervading immensity. On that note, I'll leave some dead airspace here at the end of this commentary, say 10 seconds for you to breathe deep. Don't be prissy and genteel about it. The air already occupies that space. If you still need encouragement, then let me now formally dare you to take a couple deep breaths and say you don't feel good on the other side. Just breathe the air nearby in its immensity. Well, do you feel better, even just a little bit? I thought so. Wind is air rushing through. I feel like you may feel when it's windy, but too indifferent on the bicycle I ride near daily for years, moving through the air at the speed of a horse, making wind of my own. I mention this in part because I wrote the first draft of our second poem today, titled, Like the Heaviest Air That Flows, standing on the sidewalk with my bike between my legs after seeing what I describe in the second and third lines of the poem. If you'd like a hint or hook into this poem, I suggest thinking about where the heaviest air flows. Like the heaviest air that flows. Like the heaviest air that flows when the sun looks like the moon through clouds just thin enough. Whatever I want is what I want when the breeze breezes enough to be felt only if in tune. Whatever I am is what I am, when water warms enough to clean, clean, dirty hands. Like the heaviest air that flows, whatever I did cannot be changed, though who I am continues to, which I want like the sound when the wind in the oak picks up below sun and cloud. No times of day the same, but always time for a full breath, down here near the ground, in the heaviest air that flows. What is the breadth of your breath? <laughs> 